Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective, as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. again to everyone who's been leaving reviews. You guys, I kind of forget to go look at them and then I do. And I'm just so honored with what you have to say. This week, I wanted to share one written by Magos Martin is the name on this. And it says, Great encouragement. Sometimes when I listen to artist interviews, I'm left feeling intimidated, but not here. The insightful and honest conversations Margot has with all of these amazing guests somehow makes the artistic world feel more accessible. Well, thank you. That is the whole idea. And today I'm bringing you another one. Today I get to spend some time with one of my favorite people and creative inspirations, Jennifer Orkin Lewis, also known as August Wren. I have admired Jennifer's work for such a long time, and more than anything, I just admire her stick to the way she puts her art out into the world. It just makes me feel like it's possible. You know, there's something about it. And gosh, who, who wouldn't want to feel that way? So thank you, Jennifer, for inspiring so many of us. A deep love of color, pattern, and nature are the foundation of Jennifer's work as an artist illustrator, author, and teacher. Her joyful gouache paintings of flowers, random objects, people, and occasional meditative abstract musings open a colorful and enticing window onto a detail of the day one might ordinarily overlook. Ten years ago, Jennifer made the move to switch careers from textile design to illustration to fulfill a long-held goal and she began a rigorous daily sketchbook project doing a 30-minute painting every day. The looseness and intuitiveness of those paintings became her signature style, and they are the source of much inspiration to herself and others. She is endlessly amazed and satisfied to see her shelf filling up with completed sketchbooks, and we all are luckier for it. Sit back and enjoy this chat that I get to have with the wonderful Jennifer Orkin Lewis. Hello, Jennifer. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I wish we were in person, but 
this will have to do. I love being on Vashon. I know Jennifer's one of the one of the people that actually comes to the island. It's pretty great every once in a while. And you have a couple friends here, and I have a, several now that you've been here a few times. So come back when you can. I will for sure. Thank you for having me. Yes, I. You know, I've been a visual fan and. You know, I felt like a friend for a while, but I just remember, I just feel like you were one of the very first people to show up online in a, in a repetitive way, in a creative, repetitive way. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, look at what she's doing. She's just putting herself, like her real colorful, creative spirit out there every day. And I would just get so excited to see what you would post and just whatever, if it was you in the mirror, or if it was, you know, a chair or a vision, you know, a corner of a room or whatever. And I just, I think you've inspired many in many ways from that. I want to know a little bit about, I love finding out about people's kind of paths along the way. So, you know, did you have, were your parents creative? Like how did you, when you were little, did you draw? How did that work out for you? Did you have a favorite teacher? I drew all the time. That was my getaway. That was my escape. So I would, I painted with ink and I painted with I don't remember as a really small child, I'm sure I colored and drew things, but as I got a little older, I would, I took art classes outside of school and drew, I I remember taking some ceramic classes. So I was very artistic and I would, I would copy album covers, (laughs) but I, and I was very loose then too. I, it was, I was, when I look back at that, there, I could see sort of the roots of where I was coming from. Do you have any of those still? My mom was, um, or is, she is very artistic. And she, over the years, was a photographer and then a, um, a weaver and then a interior designer. Like she kept trying different things. She never did anything for more than five years or so, but there was a lot of creativity and color in the house. That's such a great influence. I think my mom the same. She was creative and made things and then was an interior designer for for years and I don't I can't help but be influenced like that, you know, by just by our surroundings. But that's great that she kind of tried her hand at different things cuz you must have just kind of taken that in all the way along cuz cuz you did do that a little bit yourself. And she still does that. Yeah, mine too. I think once you have a creative viewpoint, hopefully we never lose that. I would that would be that would be horrible. So how did you professionally, tell us how you kind of professionally started your creativeness. So I have a long history of my career because I'm not a young chicken, I guess. But um, I... It just gives us more, more dimension, Jennifer. That's what I think. <laughs> more to talk about. I went to RISD and I studied textile design. And I would have studied illustration because I was interested in that, but I was scared to do it. Uh, honestly, the people there... I think there was a lot of people drew very tightly in the fantasy or, you know, perspective and just something that I can't do, or I'm not even interested in doing. Yeah. So textile design made sense to me because I love pattern and I love color. And so that's what I went into. And when I graduated, I went to New York city and I worked on seventh Avenue as a um, artist and then a designer and a stylist. So I spent many years doing that. So at the beginning, when I was an artist, it was before computers and there would be the matriarch of the design studio would come around and say, okay, match this taupe. And she would like sit there and watch you like 
40,000 times, adding a little more green, a little more red. So I really, really learned how to match color. I guess. At that time. So, and also paint with gloss. Everything was painted with gloss. So, and you had to make it flat colors Mm -hmm. because it would be, when they cut the screens, it was for like a silk screen almost. Sure. So I learned how to paint with gloss. Did you have to learn those tight repeats? Because remember back, like we couldn't, it wasn't generated. We have to paint those repeats ourselves. Did was I remember that we would, Xerox, we would Xerox them uh-huh. and then do the layouts with the paper. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I <laughs> thought that's what I wanted to do until I had to start getting mathematical like that. And I, I could totally relate. Like I was always a doodler on the, on my papers and but I remember looking at other people's work that I felt were successful artists and thinking, oh my gosh, they can really draw that, whatever it was, and make it look like it looks. And I was more, you know, mine was more my representation of whatever that was. So I thought that wasn't right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, and thanks to you too, I have always painted in either acrylic or watercolor. And I finally tried gouache. What? Have I been waiting for? Oh my gosh. It's so, the color is it. so rich. It's so rich. And, and and you can do things to it that you can't, and it stays there. Oh my gosh. Anyway, thank you very much for that. <laughs> so, so I can, I'm imagining you sitting there mixing your taupe with, you know, somebody looking over you to make sure you did it right. So I did that for years. And then I, you know, graduated to a, maybe a little bit more looser studio art studio, but eventually I became a stylist, mm-hmm. which meant that I um, would go to Surtex, which are the, the shows, and I would buy artwork. And so I knew all the European design studios and the American design. So I I was like an art director, I suppose. And, um, and I had a studio of a few artists and we would put together lines. I think um, it was uh, mostly for lingerie and sleepwear. Mm-hmm for a long time and then some children's I think yeah but eventually I just got sick of that industry yeah but you definitely so doing that though I think that gives you it gives one great perspective on what's out there what sells who's buying it Absolutely. how the process works all of that that's cool, seeing so many different styles of artwork and mm-hmm. what the studios had and I don't even think at the time I realized how much I was learning from it, but mm-hmm. afterwards, and when now looking back at that, I can say, wow, that was invaluable. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know if I could do, I don't know if I would have even the knowledge to know that the, the different kinds of things I could paint mm-hmm. and that would be acceptable or whatever. That That's golden. I feel like sometimes we're so just in the, in the day to day of whatever, that day job might be that we don't realize what, how much richness it's, it's giving us because, you know, that's, we're creative. It's like your mom trying things. It's, it's those jobs that inform, it's informing what you know you can do now. That's, that's a good thing. Yep. And then it still takes a lot of time. So when I left um, that industry, or I think I left it slowly a couple, I went from five days to four days to three days, you know, and then I would, I started doing artwork for a a studio that would sell them. And and that studio that I worked for then um, just started branching out from textiles into greeting cards, I think, or some more surface design. Mm -hmm. So I was really into the idea of, of greeting cards. 
So I did a lot of, you know, little images of things. And it was sort of a little micron pen with a little watercolor, <laughs> really delicate and not at all what I would do now. But they, they, were, they did okay. And I sold a lot. So it got me like, oh, yeah, I can make money from doing artwork. I, I can really get out of this other industry and start this other thing. So greeting cards is where you first dipped your toe in? Yeah, the, the studio didn't tell me where everything ended up. Uh-huh. So they just bought them for a price, uh-huh. you know, a buyout, I guess. So, But then you start to realize, oh, I, I, something can come out of my hands that exactly. people want. Exactly. And then I, I think I, that style stopped being popular that I was mm-hmm. doing. So then I wasn't selling anything. So then I learned some digital and I learned how to use Illustrator and they honestly don't love to do, but even at the time, I don't think I love to do it, but I didn't know. And that was what was popular. So I did some. Right. And I think it's having those skills and it's like gouache or micron pen or whatever. It's a, it's a tool. Yeah. It's a way to make art and what fits. And if you know it, sometimes it makes things easier. It makes your resume look better, whatever, it might, whatever you're going for, you know. And it, it's, it's that, that time you're putting in to explore and figure things out and where do I need to land? Right. So what made you decide to paint more, do you think? Oh, I, I think my, my son was in high school and I said, I need to have a real career because when he goes, I'm, I don't want to just like sit around and mm. dabble with things. I need to like, right. have a career. Here. Yeah. <laughs> so... I took um, Lilla's class, the Make Art That Sells. I was in the first one. I think I was in the first. I remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that was great. She was a great teacher. And yeah. um, I think just with all those assignments, then you're exploring so much. Right. And right. I started using my gouache again. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I really, 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 really know how to use gouache. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So That's really cool. So connecting those dots from way yeah. back to when you were, you know, doing things for somebody else to being in classes where you were challenged and, you know, there's nothing like a class to kind of push you and give you an assignment you might not have thought about yourself. So that, so those things started to click then. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then I think after that class was done, I don't even remember the exact timing, but somewhere around 2014, I started, Mm -hmm. um, I, I, um, I had on my mind, I wanted to do a daily project. Mm -hmm. I think I was, I think Lisa Congdon was doing her, the Word object today. day, yeah, yeah. One of like, oh, that is so cool. I love that idea. Mm-hmm. So, I think I, I spent a month and did a food painting a day, and then I and that was too boring for me because it was just the same food, like food every day. Uh-huh. So, I, I couldn't sustain that, and I think I spent too much time on each one, mm. and that, so that didn't work either because I got bored. And then, um, I did another one, I don't remember, I did another month long project which also didn't feel right, and then. One day, I think it was um, the end of the year, and the year was coming, and I have I had just this cheap sketchbook from Muji, which is um, just really cheap paper. I have it here. I use them all the time. I love them, yes. Now I use them mostly for notes, but I said, let me just do a painting a day in this using my gouache or whatever I wanted to use, but it had to be something that wasn't watercolor because the paper wasn't meant for paint, and I'm going to limit myself to at least just a a maximum of 30 minutes. I could do whatever I want. If I don't feel well, I go and I make a dot on the page Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do it every day. And I'll post it on Instagram. Yes. That 
to hold myself accountable. So that's what I did. And I started January 1st of 2014, I think. Oh my gosh. I, I think I was pretty much there for day one. That yeah, or another people found me. Well, cause no, not a lot of people were doing that really nobody, you know, Lisa had done some things like that and a few other people, but, but I think the looseness of yours and the, the just putting something out, no matter how you felt came across and it still was so refreshing to see and inspiring to see like, Oh my gosh, she's doing it. I can do it, you know, or, you know, and it was um, subject matter that, that was just around you. You know, it didn't seem like the perfect rose or, you know, things art at that time, what we were seeing online just started to be, at least in my opinion, things that I was attracted to, you know, suddenly, or maybe I was just noticing them differently, but I think, and especially using that Muji notebook with pages that weren't meant for what, that's another great idea because. Well, that's, that's all about um, not being precious about it. Yeah. Really important. So I have one story about that, which is when I was in college, I had a teacher who he did the kind of drawings that were in um, graphite, like mm-hmm. super fine, detailed, maybe a scene or a still life that, that took, you know, 20 or 30 hours and so he, he did one of them and he brought it in front of the class and just ripped it in half. Oh, wow. And everyone, you know, <laughs> it was so shocking. But I always remember that. And he said, you can't be precious yeah. about your work. It's about the process and mm-hmm. doing what comes to you. So that also, I remembered that at the time. So by using a really cheap sketchbook, I took away that, oh, my God, I'm going to ruin a good piece of paper or it's blank, you know. It really yeah. helped. I I just think that that was always a big holdup for me. And maybe that's just, I don't know, it comes from the teachers you have or the ideas we put on our own self of how, how we're supposed to walk through being creative. But there's something about that not precious. I, I took a great four-day class from Lynn Whipple and she would have us, you know, we'd get into, into, into this painting and you know, even sometimes if somebody just touches you on the shoulder, you're like, oh, oh, that's right. I'm so tight right now. But she would say, stand back and just throw, get paint on your brush and just throw it at your painting. Oh, like, oh my gosh. And it, everything just flowed after that because you just unlocked, like you just broke the glass wall down. Yeah, but I, there's something about just the not preciousness. And, and I think that comes from, you know, when you're sitting in front of a blank, a, a beautiful blue, sorry, a beautiful new notebook, you know, a new set of paints or whatever. It's just like, oh my gosh, can I even start? Yeah. When you get, when you've been doing it for day after day though, what, how do you unstick yourself if you're just thinking, oh my gosh. I I mean, I still struggle with it. It's Mm -hmm. really, really hard. So there, there are days where even back, back then now I'll, I'll, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. Or I sit there for too long, not knowing where to begin. So I try to just go back and say, "What? I'm just painting. What? Why do I love to paint? I love to paint a person's face, or I love to paint a bird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the hardest part, and it's a matter of just doing it, and also not worrying about if it's going to be good. Right. It might stink. And a lot of times, I would put, I, I, I put, I post my thing and. I've learned not to say this anymore, but at the beginning I would say, oh God, I did such a 
crappy job today. It's so ugly. Yeah. And then people would be like, no, that's so beautiful. I love it. It's my favorite one. Right. <laughs> so, so I stopped judging myself. Mm-hmm. That's a great listen. I, I've been, I'm so behind on every TV show ever made. And so I, sometimes when I just want to kind of mindlessly end my day, I, I watch British baking oh, yeah. show. And there was one where it was a young gal and she, I don't know what season it was, but every time she'd bring her thing forward, she'd say, Oh, I didn't bake enough for, Oh, it was just like that. She would pre suffer. And, um, and <laughs> Paul would be like, don't tell me that. Like, I would never have known that if you didn't tell me that. Don't tell me that. But over and over and over again, I was like, I hope if you take away one thing, just take away the one thing that you don't need to pre-suffer. But that's so interesting. I think I think we do that, especially when we're doing putting something out into the world that we've just created. We judge ourselves so much. We figure everybody else is going to see the same things that we find as faults when they might think that's the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen. Right. And the other side of it is maybe it does stink and it's ugly mm-hmm. and so what it's hard and then and then you get I mean with Instagram you get so hung up on oh oh my god no one liked it which I hate that feeling well and that's all about those accounts like you know maybe they're not artists but the the perfect looking accounts I don't want a perfect looking account because I don't see realness there if you put something up that you don't think maybe is you're not liking as much as yesterday that just makes it more real to me and and I feel like we see we see you we see the real you because you're it's brave really and it's the ups and downs and no one's perfect every day and never you know you don't know what happened two hours ago that you know someone got sick or person's not feeling well or anything I hope we're inspiring people listening to just go post something just go post something everybody (laughs) <laughs> today <laughs> we want to see it <laughs> but I, I think that's true and and before we press record you were saying too um how hard it is sometimes to to go forward in that daily practice or any practice not even daily and and not and just relax into the you part of it the real you without judging or making feeling like it's supposed to be a certain way right so sometimes I you know especially on the times when I'm not sure what I want, what I want to paint that day or how to start. I, I sort of forget who I am and what, what makes me love what I'm doing, you know? And so, and then I get, I get super tight or I'm thinking about something I saw that someone else did that's so beautiful. And I'm like, well, why aren't I like that person? Why can't I do it that way? And I'm, and then I say, wait, stop it. Just mm-hmm. what do you love to do? What makes you feel like, you're going to be really happy in half an hour because you did this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? It's it's like we were talking about before. It's just that where do you start? Like, I wonder if there's even, I'm sure everybody has them, but just those little exercises to get you past, you know, the, the initial, just painting um, on something else or doing yeah. a little spiral on your page or, yeah. you know. When I'm like, teaching, when I'm teaching classes, I often do, um, we do quick one minute, sketches of things and or use the left hand or the continuous mm-hmm. line all of those things really help mm-hmm. to break That's, you out I think so too and and I think those are just it's nice to realize that we all get stuck in that way we all it's just normal it's just it's just who we are and you have you've put some great books out I remember um 
Was it draw every day with the, that had all the different papers in it? Draw every day, draw every way. That, and we'll link to these in the show notes, but I just remember talking to you when that was still in idea phase, like, can they really do that? Can they really bind different papers into a book? And, and that's a wonderful book because it, if you have that, there's, di- there's black paper in there, you know, there's different weights and textures and you can, pl- it's just, it's inspiring just because it's all bound together. It gives permission, you know, and I thought that was such a great way to start and that you found <laughs> somebody that would, would do it. <laughs> would do it. I, know, I think that's great. Um, but the sketchbook idea generator to your new one, I just love how that, how the pages flip differently and that's a way to get unstuck anytime. That is it. When that finally came out and I saw it, it was, it was like, oh, this is really fun. Just it's inspiring because and you can just um, I use it all the time for my color combinations. I don't usually do the medium or the. Yeah. Well, for people who don't know, it has strips. So you can I think there are hundreds of thousands. like those old, story, you know, games where you used to change the head and change the middle of the body and change the feet. It's like that, but with ideas and color and it's fantastic. So uh, w- that's something else I do if I feel stuck is I just say, I'll, I'll use the book sometimes or I'll just, I'm just going to use blue or pink or whatever, or just yeah. warm colors or just cool colors because making limitations mm-hmm. just takes away some of those decisions that you have to make. And so, I think we put those limitations on ourselves anyway, you know, and sometimes though, I do like using, like take these three colors and do something with it, you know, instead, because sometimes I get too stopped by all the pretty colors. <laughs> what do I want to use today? I think it depends on the mood, really. Sometimes you want to go with everything, you know, and other times it's just, I, I guess what I mean is um, when you are sort of lost, mm-hmm. it helps to then narrow it down. For sure. I, I highly recommend the sketchbook idea generator. For sure. So after you started painting so much, you know, people started noticing. And I know you had an agent for a while and you've done a lot of licensing. How's, how's that treated you? License, the licensing world on the other side. Yeah. So I, um, I don't remember how far into the sketchbook, but I got a little bit of press and then I got, I got my agent and that was amazing. She really helped me launch. And mm-hmm. the, the part of my business that I pretty bad at is reaching out and the businessy part of it and the money part of it. And so I needed that so much then. And we were a great team and we did really well. It was fabulous. So, and she got me a ton of work. And then and it was also the beginning. So every single thing I got was so exciting. Yeah, and for sure. I, you know, I, I would say now I'm more narrowed in my focus as to what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But at that time it was, it was all great. Yeah. Well, and you've earned that too. I mean, you've done enough over the last several years that you can make those choices now. Are you still doing, are you working on things to license that you're excited about that are coming up? Yeah. um, I actually, interestingly, I keep saying to myself, or I I have some friends that I talk to and I'll say, I'm really interested in doing something with home decor. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I say things out loud, I'm not kidding. The thing happens. Or I wanted to do some packaging. Mm-hmm. Boom. <laughs> it's sort of ridiculous. I have had a couple of packaging jobs over the past year. And I have my, I, I've been doing puzzles, which is really fun with Ibu. Yes, I love them. They're beautiful. They're my favorite. So I think, I do think the universe is listening to us. It's kind of crazy how that, 
energy yeah. gets out there and comes comes back at you for sure. I think I home decor is definitely something you would excel at. It would be wonderful. I thought that from the start. I mean, you it comes across in your work too, and in your paintings. You just see just how you see a room. I love. So what do you think? Oh, I also wanted to ask you, you've done a lot of teaching. Do you have a preference in like if you're teaching online or you're at a workshop or teaching a workshop in person? How I know we can't, you know, our options aren't as they've changed. I wouldn't say, you know, we have different options now, but how are you doing with all those options as well? So I have, I've done classes in Creative Bug and Sketchbook School, and those are the ones where they get recorded and then they go out into the world, mm-hmm. which are great. I love doing that. So I'm putting the time in once, and then right. that's happening. The, um, I, th- I think with Creative Bug, the classes are always out there in the Sketchbook School. They put them out. Right. They come and go. Yeah, they come and go. Or So I think we, we've talked about that I would do more, but right now that's not happening yet. Mm-hmm. And as far as teaching in person, it's this amazing way to um, travel and see the world and be with like-minded people and paint and see culture and eat amazing food. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and that's an inspiration on its own. I mean, I know you and Este were, were you in Vietnam? Somewhere right before yeah, COVID. My, I was so honored that she came on my Vietnam workshop and I learned a ton from her. That's great. Well, we'll look forward to that again. I have a dear friend that happened on your sketchbook school course and was telling me just how great that was that she could watch, you know, that there was the options of watching the videos, having you there live to ask questions, and then having an option of being you know, in front of you again the day, the following day after the class. So there's some great ways that the courses are being offered out there. But I think one of the, the greatest things I would think I get from watching you, I'm inspired by the fact that you just continue to put art out there. And I, you can also see how you've evolved. I mean, you know, you've been doing it, you've been posting regularly for years. So there's no way not to evolve. That's the message I always want to get to people. Just do it. Just keep doing it. Yeah, I've definitely, I can paint more specifically now. Like I've gotten better at manipulating my paintbrush or, but I don't always want to. I, I, I like, I go, I look back at my early sketchbooks often and I'm like, wow, there was no expectations. So Right. It's hard to get rid of that. Oh, it's hard to go back to that more naive. Once you start doing something, yes, you do. You put those kind of conditions on yourself a bit, I think. Is there something you would like to do next? What's on your list? Oh, I just want to travel and go to a restaurant and a movie. <laughs> just that. I know it's amazing how things have gotten so limited. So I, I, I just, I'm really striving for a good balance, you know? So, I mean, and, and the way this works as a freelancer is, you have absolutely no work. And then all of a sudden you have, you know, four projects and you don't have any time. Right. So it's, it's not easy to control, but I do want to, when we can travel again, do workshops, but also just go places with my friends. And I miss that so much. I mean, I'm selfishly, one of the things I love about these podcasters recordings is getting to actually have a conversation with somebody that I haven't seen in a long time. Sometimes I forget. I'll be like, Oh yeah. When can you come out? <laughs> just not that way right now, but world is shifting. But you know, one of the things I'd love to hear is who's inspiring you. I'm going to say that today. Mm -hmm, Because it changes daily. 
Yes, but right now, Amanda Gorman. Oh, my gosh. So Amanda Gorman read at the presidential inauguration. She's the youngest poet laureate at 22. And I, I must say, I had stumbled on her not too long ago and read something I thought was beautiful. But, oh, my gosh. I, I just, I, I can't even. It, she was just eloquent how she spun together those words and how her hands even moved. Yeah, she was so expressive and beautiful and moving. It was, everything about it was, and she's so young and, mm. oh my God. She yeah, gives me hope. Really, yeah. I know I've read it over, but I just, I want to just read it and watch her say it again and continue to do that. That's a good one. And then I also would say uh, my brother, Ivan, Ivan, yes. Ivan, who is a chef. He has um, restaurants, Ivan Ramen. Yes. And he's pretty well known, I guess. At least he is. For foodies. And, um, and the reason I'm inspired by him right now is, I mean, we, now during COVID time, we've been talking pretty much every single day. Mm. And, you know, he has a restaurant and things are tough for the restaurant business. Yeah. And in New York, it's really hard. But he's so brilliant at finding all these different pathways to how can I make money? How can I be different? How can I approach this in a fresh way? And he's finding ways to succeed, even if people aren't coming into the restaurant. That's so, so great. He seems to me, I mean, you, well, I haven't met him. Well, I've, I think I've said hello as I went into the restaurant, but I mean, you, you both are so creative in your own in your own ways. And this just makes me think like what cool parents they, they must have had, but he was the same, you know, you can watch a really great uh, episode of Chef's Table and learn more about Ivan, but he, he wasn't afraid to put himself in a unique position and try something that was very he different. Went, was so way out there. He, li- he was living in Tokyo and said, I'm going to be a ramen chef. And I think he didn't even know how to make ramen. So that was pretty bold. <laughs> but when we can go in, and I would love to figure, you know, I'll, I'll put it on the, also on the show notes, but He's one of those people I was wondering about because, boy, I miss being able to have flavors like that. Going there and having his food is a life changer. So I'm glad to hear. And I bet you're inspiring each other. Maybe. (laughs) Yes, probably. Shoot me one more. Oh, I think I thought I'm going to say, you know, when I first was, um, you know, said I'm going to be an illustrator. Right. The artist that I was really, really inspired by was Myra Kelman. And so I still am. I mean, she's just, she's so incredible. And so I'll, I don't think about her as much as I used to, mm-hmm. 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 but everything she does is just incredible. And she's a thinker and she's quirky and she uses great colors and she's. That makes a lot of sense to me because you she inspires me, you inspire me. And I, and I put, I would put you both in that category of really being yourselves and being loose and people I would go to, to remind myself that I can do it my own way. And I think that's kind of cool too. When you said you don't think about her as much too, because I know for me, I have those people that inspire me, but it's like, speaking a language, you know, when you're first learning it, you're thinking about the word and you're thinking about how to make it sound right or whatever. And then you start to dream it and not think about it. You just do it, you know? So that's, that's a good sign. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. 
So would you have any kind of words of wisdom or, you know, from doing it for a minute that you would say, if somebody said, oh my gosh, you know, I am just graduated and I, I want, I want to have a creative career or the person that's just like, I'm sitting here in my studio and just help me realize it's worth keeping going. (laughs) All the things we talked about. Exactly. Don't be afraid of doing it. Don't be precious about it. And that doesn't mean that some things aren't precious. You know, some things you do want to work on for a long time and get there with it, but for your own work and for your growing, just go and do it. And um, I agree. I think that's awesome. It's the most important part. I do. I would put you at the top of the list of people to, to inspire in that way. Just every day, put it, even if it's a dot on a page, just put it out there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for those words today. I think they're exactly what I hope many people needed to hear. Thank you so much, Margo. That's it for this episode of Windowsill Chats. Thanks so much for being here with me. It's just so great to be able to bring you these conversations with the fantastic people and wonderful friends that I've met and made along the way. Make sure you subscribe to Windowsill Chats on your favorite podcast app and please share it with a friend. And if this episode spoke to you, I'd really appreciate it if you would also leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can just go to the bottom of the episode you've just listened to, and it'll let you leave a review. If you have any questions or want to check out more details or inspiration that we talked about, head over to the show notes at windowsillchats.com or tantostudio.com. They'll both take you to the same place. I can't wait to share more stories with you again next week. I value your time and I absolutely believe in your potential. Have a great one, everyone, and stay creatively curious.